Well, welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors we're grateful for, Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Carts. So we had, um, last week, we started off and kicked off a series on effective leadership. And we had um, someone that I feel like has been an effective leader in our community, and that was Coach Keith Gutton from Missouri State University, the head baseball coach. Um, if you want to listen to that episode, we talked about the leadership model from Dr. Tommy Burnett, and he kind of evaluated it and looked at what components that he felt like um, that he agreed with. And, and you can listen to that. And we always get, get some words of wisdom from Coach Gutton. So you can go to a coachesperspective.com and listen to it under previous shows or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Helium Satellite Radio. So this week, continuing this series, um, another uh, person that I feel like is a, a great community leader and an effective leader in his program is Coach Scott Nasby. I want to welcome Coach to the show. Um, you are the head baseball coach over at Drury University, and we have uh, a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. You know, we have this effective leaders leader series going on right now because I feel like leadership is all over the place. So many people can define it in so many different ways. And I really want to hone in on how coaches define effective leadership. Um, and at some point in our lives, we're all going to be leaders, whether it's a leader by choice or not by choice, by circumstance. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about how that can be revealed or enhanced through sports and through your program. So why did I pick you as an effective leader? Let's look a little bit at your stats. Uh, you played for my guest last week, Coach Gutton at Missouri State University. Um, right. how, did, how did that experience help you um, shape your coaching philosophy and your leadership style? Um, you know, it, it was a great experience and, and a, a few years back now, but, um, you know, when, when I was playing for Coach Gutton, I didn't know I wanted to coach. Um, I, I was going to do some other stuff because I was going to do retail and uh, wanted to be in, in, in management actually was, it was a management marketing major at SMS at the time. So, you know, was kind of pulling some things from that as well. But, you know, when, when I got away from sports, the competitive nature, um, uh, of what sports are and, and, and being active and being outside and being around young people is definitely something I wanted to continue doing and, uh, and, and to, uh, you know, kind of pick and pull from coaches I'd learned from whether coach Stratton, uh, at Glendale and, Coach Evans and Coach Gudden, Coach Thomas, you know, some of the summer coaches you had as well, you you, you kind of pick and pick and pull from the things you like and the, the things you don't like and what motivated you and, and then try to kind of blend that all together as a coach to hopefully have some things stick to uh, to some of your players. But, you know, Coach Gudden uh, ran a great program when I played for him and, you know, it was established and, you know, it, it wasn't a new staff, you know, they all worked really well together. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's three, four five different coaches, all, all, all doing their part. And they all, uh, you know, kind of strike a chord with different players, uh, a, a little bit differently based on how those players want to be motivated. Yes, that's, that's well said, well said. And you do kind of merge a lot of these. You've worked with a lot of great coaches. So you've won over 325 games at jury. You've produced 53 all-conference players, 24 all-region, and seven all-Americans, along with two um, conference players of the year and four professional players. Um, I also like the fact that um, they received some academic awards for their high GPA. Um, you know, that's something oftentimes when I see that element in a resume, uh, it shows that your, your coach 
coaching the total person and not just the player. Um, you know, we're, we're each coached in Italy a little bit after graduation, which I find very interesting. And, um, and I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in how that happened and, and how you, um, how you're using that experience today. Yeah. So, uh, I, I was doing retail and I knew I was going to come be the graduate assistant for coach Stratton here at Drury. Um, and one day I got a call from a guy in Italy saying they needed an American coach, someone who could throw batting practice. Uh, and that um, that actually came from Coach Evans. So there was another player in the Missouri Valley Conference who was uh, over on the, this team. Uh, they had won their league the year before, so they were being promoted up kind of in soccer. They do the same thing in baseball. You get relegated down and uh, or promoted up. So they had more money to spend. Um, and so they had some American players. But uh, the head coach spoke no English. I spoke no Italian. Um, uh, the catcher spoke Spanish. Um, and then the pitching coach spoke English, um, uh, English and Italian. And then one of the one of the Dominican guys spoke Spanish and English. So we would have team meetings at the end of the game where the the head coach would say something in Italian. It would get translated into English and then back into Spanish. And then the Dominican players who were fired up about something get, go back from Spanish to English to Italian. And so it wasn't. <laughs> It, it wasn't the most effective post-game meetings in terms of getting things across, um, but it was definitely a, a great experience that I learned a lot from in the in the first place that I coached for six months. Well, there having that language barrier, there had to be a you know what a little bit of a communication style. Like you had to work on other forms of communication: yeah. your body language, your facial expressions, your tone. Um, I think that probably was was helpful too. Yeah, I think I, I definitely, you know, was it was a leader that participated a lot in uh, in, in the activities. You know, if I couldn't um, <clears throat> communicate what I wanted them to do, I'd have to demonstrate it. And if I couldn't demonstrate, it was going to be hard to get some of these guys to understand what I meant. Um, and 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 you, and you still use that today with you know showing them how you swing, how you swing, and where you want your feet, and certain things you want to change with, um, you know, with the game, and and and, and kind of get in there get in there and get dirty with them. So um, that was something that, that happened a lot because I, I knew no Italian and, and and learned a little bit while I was over there. But um, it was definitely something you, you you had to get in there and show them what you wanted them to do. Yeah, I bet so. Well, then, then you came back and you worked for Coach Stratton um, and, and before you became the head coach at Drury University. And, you know, Coach Stratton uh, was such an impressive uh, you know, coach in his day, well, still is, he's a great mentor yeah. for a lot of coaches yeah. in this area. Um, but after 40 years of not having a program, he revives it and brings it back. And I know that you had to take a lot um, from him as well, as far as his leadership style and, and put a piece yeah. of it into your style. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I've been lucky enough to be around Strat for a long time. Um, obviously was, was my high school coach. My dad uh, moved us here when I was a sophomore in high school uh, and he drove around to all the high schools and met the high school coaches. Um, and Coach Bell was mowing. I think Coach Stratton was out there, too. And I uh, said he talked to him for about, you know, two hours and decided that we, he was going to buy a house in the Glendale district because he met Coach Stratton. So um, extremely lucky to be around him. And then, um, you know, he started our program on on some strong foundations. <clears throat> and and we've we tried to continue to follow that. And he's always had three rules. And, and we continue with these three rules um, that you got to be a good person first. You got to be a good student second, and then you got to play a little bit as well. So uh, we want to make sure we surround um, our, our 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 players with other players who have the same 
uh, morals, you know, doing the right things for the right reasons, not not because you may be punished if you get caught doing something. You're going to do the right things for the right reason because that's how you were raised and and and, and you want to make sure you set a good standard for the program and your teammates. So, um, you know, we, we've never had someone come here um, and not graduate um, out of high school. Every single student we've had, I think 128, I think is what we have alumni now uh, that have their degree degrees. Um, we've never had a, a GPA under 3.2. Uh, we've had the highest GPA in the Midwest region for 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 numerous years uh, over the course of the last 18. So we want to make sure we're preparing our guys for life outside of baseball and make sure that, you know, the real world is not our fallback plan. It, it is our main plan. And if baseball can get in the way for a little while and you can make some money playing baseball or have some great experiences or go play in Italy for six months, you know, um, it's 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 great, but that's not the the long-term plan. So we want to make sure that that guys get job offers and jury does an amazing job with our academics that, uh, you know, we're able to get job offers for kids, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year before they get out of here so they can start making money and pay off some student loans. That is nice. That is really nice. And and I, I love it that, you know, baseball is the platform for that. Um, it, it definitely is a great platform. Um, well, looking at these leadership models. All right. Last week, we looked at Dr. Tommy Burnett's um, leadership model, and he talked about personal skills, competencies, ethics, and physical appearance. Not necessarily uh, you have to be an attractive person to be an effective leader, but he talked about the discipline, uh, the physical appearance of how you carry yourself and the confidence and the pride. Um, and, and we talked a lot about that last week. And, um, you know, this week we're going to look at Kimberly Fry's article. It's called Eight Essential Qualities That Define Great Leadership. And Kimberly Fry's is, um, she is, she worked, this article was on Forbes.com and, and she's a communication and leadership coach that consults with companies. And she also works with different individuals to work on them being a little bit more confident communicators, more power networkers. Um, they She wants to develop like dynamic leaders and she has spent a lot of time uh, studying leadership. Um, so we're going to start with those qualities and we're going to see if you agree, disagree. You won't hurt my feelings. I'm not Kimberly Fry's. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me a little bit about what you think about each one of these, um, and we'll kind of uh, relate it to what you are doing. And the first one is sincere enthusiasm, sincere enthusiasm. You have to have a passion and love for what you do. You can't really fake that. People can tell if you're faking it. So so let's ask an obvious question. Why why baseball? Why is baseball your platform um, and, and, and such a love of yours? Yeah, you know, I've grown up obviously playing it, but but the b- baseball is a game of failure, um, and 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 so you l- you learn a ton from fail from failure. Um, you know, you, it's not a sport where you get to succeed. It's it's not shooting free throws where, you know, you, you're only going to fail ten percent of the time, and you're almost always going to thrive. So, you know, uh, in in baseball, especially with the big roster that we have, you know, you you have to love the the, the everyday grind of. Uh, getting up early and working out and being in the cages and spending extra time. Um, and you're not doing that because you know, you're going to get a reward. You know, there's only about 25 guys who play. There's a lot of, a lot of downtime in baseball. There's a lot of sitting on the bench and watching other guys do things, even if you are a starter. So um, I think baseball is, is, is a great game because there is so much practice time and, and uh, observation time. Uh, as well as how much failure there is in the game. Hopefully we try to minimize some of that failure. Um, uh, but you you become a better person because you learn how to deal with failure much better than people who don't play the game. I think that's so true. I mean, you know, ha- hitting three out of 10 times is a great batting. 
percentage. I mean, just knowing how to overcome adversity is probably the number one uh, coping skill that sports can provide us. Um, I I completely agree with that. Um, Tell me, okay, so how do you balance enthusiasm as a coach? All right. So because too much enthusiasm or too little is not normally effective. So how do you balance the enthusiasm around your players? Yeah, I, I I would say my guys would not classify me as the most enthusiastic uh, leader. You know, uh, what what I try to do is, is just stay pretty level. Um, and so when, when things are going very poorly, you can't really tell. And when things are going really, really great, um, it looks about the same. Um, and I want our guys to celebrate their 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 successes. I want to be frustrated when they when, when they do fail. But I want to make sure that it doesn't get to a level where it affects your performance. Um, and body language is a huge thing in baseball because there's so much time standing around waiting for the next play that, you know, if, if you're, are, are so upset about one thing that happens, uh, and you're going to let that fester for the next 30 seconds until the next pitch, then your performance in the future is going to be going to be even weaker. Um, as well as if your enthusiasm for a, a, a success happens and that's the only time you're happy it's a game of failure again, then, then you're clearly going to be more upset and, uh, and, and not be able to handle it. So it's something that, that happens in all levels of baseball. My son right now is, is 10 and and I coach his team. And that's one of the main things we talk about with, 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 with our little guys too, is, um, you know, obviously enjoy the game, love the game, but make sure it's not tied directly to success. So you want to make sure that you're enjoying it through the successes and the failures. That's a, that's very well said. Um, and I'm glad you brought up body language because that is such a sign of enthusiasm. I mean, and, and frustration on the flip side of that. And so you can, and I know that your players really feed, you know, off of, of you as a coach um, and, and all of the leaders on their team. And so body language is a huge way to, to show some enthusiasm or, you know, control that frustration. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and whether it's me or whether it's, you know, assistant coaches or, <laughs> excuse me um you know the, the the reliever coming in from the from the bullpen who can bring some enthusiasm or it can kind of flip the switch that if you show up without any enthusiasm you know it's it, it's not very exciting so uh you need to make sure you have people and leaders on your team if you're not that enthusiastic enthusiastic guy and i'm lucky to have a, a great staff um that that can do that as well um uh, but make sure you have players and, and people in your organization that that can bring that enthusiasm and, and make sure it gets picked up at the right times that's so true. That's so true. All right. Well, so her her next one is integrity. Um, and and some people might say refer to this as ethics um or yep. you know, morality. Um, so I've got I've got a couple ethical scenarios for you. <laughs> no 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 pressure. They're not that that difficult. Um, but uh okay, let's say you um during a game, you're watching one of your players and uh, they are rounding second, heading to third, and once they get to third, you realize they did not hit the bag. They missed the bag at second, uh, but they're yeah. at third and the next pitch is getting ready to go. What do you do? Say anything, not say anything. The official missed to it. My, to my player or to the official? To to uh, to anybody. I would say it to my, our player because we have to make sure we hit second because, uh, you know, you, then if the other team sees that, you're going to be out. I would definitely not alert the official um, in the middle of a competition to uh, to get our out, you know, Um but we need to make sure we 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 we're, we're playing the game the correct way. So, um, you know, if it was a scrimmage or something like that, then yeah, we would stop and address it. You know, um, but yeah, come springtime, we're, we're we're trying to win games, and if uh, 
if we accidentally miss second base, as long as it wasn't on purpose, then let's go ahead and get to third. <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, next one is you have a player that is ejected, um, yeah. lost their minds, uh, they, and they're ejected. What, what is their consequence? Do you have a standard consequence or is it case by case? Uh, pretty much everything we have is case by case. There is an NCAA violation that if you get ejected, you're out one game. If you're on the mound, you're ejected four games. So um, that's something that, that we talk about pretty often is that you have to be able to control your emotions um, and, and and do things the right way. You know, we we have had had guys thrown out um, during the course of our, our, our program's history. Not too many of them, but, um, you know, uh, we, we have video as well. So you can go back and, and see if you were supposed to do that. You can go back through and 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 see maybe there was a mistake. We we had a, a guy uh, ejected a couple of years ago because they thought uh, he was uh, we had a collision down the line that he he went after him, which video showed he didn't. But you know that that was the punishment we that we had to pay. You had to sit out the next game, and um, and so uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a standard punishment. Um, but we want to make sure we treat the game uh, the right way. We want to treat our opponents uh, the, the way that we want to be treated. And uh, we need to make sure that we are uh, respecting the game, even when it's not going going well. And I think if you if you talk to some young coaches, um, sometimes that often lose their head at officials uh, or, you know, or, or they're coaching a player that does that um, <clears throat> What kind of advice do you have for them to try and um, and be a little bit more effective or controlled in, in their reactions? Because competition can get the best of you. I mean, I, I got technicals when I was coaching. I get it. Uh, but what kind of advice would you give them um, now to try and keep uh, keep that control? Yeah, it, it's definitely uh, varies by sport. You know, uh, baseball, you you can't can't yell at the officials. You know, it's it's normally quiet and and, and they're pretty quick with the trigger and you definitely want to make sure that you are acting the way your players want, want you to react uh, and, and and you want your players to react. You know, you do have to show some fight when things aren't going your way. Um, you can't just lay down and, and, and take it if you feel like your team's not getting a fair shake. And so every now and again, I've had to maybe view a few innings from the bus or something like that. But uh, <laughs> do we need to expand the, on that or no? <laughs> yeah. the, uh, there is a good story at Umso about one of those, but um, for the, for, for the most part, you need, you definitely need to treat the officials um, uh, with respect, you know, with especially with uh, the official shortage that we have in, in a lot of our sports right now. But, um, you know, you, you want to make sure you're composed so your players are composed um, and you want to make sure you lay those expectations out for them before anything may happen. So you don't have to then go back on it. So um, that that's part of the leadership that, that you want to make sure you do is, is stay consistent in terms of how you're addressing those things. One thing that Coach Keith Gutton and I were talking about um, last week was uh, there are some coaches, especially younger coaches, and he admitted when he was younger, he had that win at all cost mentality. Like you just want to yeah. win. That's what's important. Um, what What do you think about, about that mentality? And has that kind of, um, was that something that you experienced when you first started coaching and has that calmed or is it, is it not calmed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I, I would definitely say my my intensity um, has been dialed back a little bit. And and that's mainly probably from be becoming a father um, and, and just wanting to be composed around my kids. And so that's kind of the same way now with uh, with our players that I that I want to be composed so they can show composure and um, in tough times. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm any less competitive than I used to be, is that, um, you know, I, I think you see the reactions that you have and know that there really wasn't any positive result that came from it. Um, 
uh, and, and you kind of see the, the, the bigger picture as you get older. So, um, but I think that, that you have to have a passion for winning and, and a passion for, for how you want things to operate. So, you know, if you're a leader that says, you know, uh, you need to be here at this time or else this happens, or you need to be flexible with your schedule and say, you need to get your work in let's figure out the best time to get your work in is, you know, we used to do our study hall every day for every single person on the team from 615 to 745. And our grades were great. Um, and maybe attributed some of that to that. And then we realized maybe we can be a little more flexible in what we're doing with our study hall and 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 change those a little bit to to be more flexible times. And our grades were 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 just the same and just as good. So um, you know, it, it, it's about setting the priority for the, for the things that you want. Um, and, and I'm definitely a little bit more flexible in terms of, uh, how, how we can accomplish that with the end game still being winning while we're on the field. And it's gotta be a little bit personalized. I mean, each, each player is a little bit different. They're motivated differently. So it's gotta be a little personalized as well. You probably have a wide, um, a, a range of how, of how you handle that as well. Yeah, we, we've got 50 guys on the team. And so some of those guys are pre-med majors. Um, some of those guys are our best pitcher and, and are you know trying to get drafted. And then some of these guys understand, hey, I'm maybe only going to get five to 10 at-bats this year. And I want to be a great student. I want to be a part of this organization. And I'm going to try my hardest and do everything I can. But I understand I'm the fifth catcher on the team. and um, But I want to be a part of a proud alumni group. And so, you know, some of those guys uh, are motivated different ways. And some of those guys are rewarded, you know, with, with that bat search, you know, you're going to travel or more of a scholarship the next year. And so there, there's lots of different strings to kind of pull. And uh, it's our job as coaches to try to figure out what makes each one of these kids tick. Um, and sometimes that takes a little bit of time. Well, and that leads perfectly into the next quality that um, Kimberly Fries talks about, and that's great communication skills. And, you know, I, I know that motivation, it has to be individualized. Um, also being approachable and having engaged listening skills, it's not just about how you talk. Um, but I also, as far as great communication skills, uh, I want to know as a coach how, how you handle um, a little bit of adversity or criticism. I mean, you can be the best coach on the planet and you're still going to get some criticism from somewhere. Um, how, how do you personally handle that? Uh, yeah, I, I don't let criticism affect me too much in, 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 in my life, honestly. Um, you know, I, I would love feedback from people, but, um, you know, as long as my family is, 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 is happy, I'm happy. Um, uh, not saying I don't want feedback, but I, I'm not going to let something negative from someone outside come and affect how, how I, I'm doing my job. You know, what I want to make sure that I do get across is that the people that are invested in our program do have a say in what's going on. So we want to make sure we have an open door policy with our guys that if they have an issue to come to us, uh, to come to the captains. Um, and 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 we also have to make sure we involve them in some of the decisions. If we never let them make any decisions uh, or have a say in, in, in what we're doing, whether it be practice or travel or even a small thing like meals or uniforms, uh, then they don't feel like they have any buy-in to 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 this program and everything's just being handed down to them. So we want to make sure that we we, we we give our guys a chance to lead and make decisions in our program as well. I love that. That's a fantastic point. Um, I, I think that's really important because I think, you know, getting over adversity in sports for players is important. Same thing for coaches. We've got to be able to demonstrate that and role model that. All right. Yeah. Well, we're talking with Coach Scott Nasby uh, from Drury University, and we're going to continue. Uh, we're going to take our first break. And I want to thank, again, Great Southern Bank for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective.
Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. Um, this is Jenny Hopkins, and this segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. They're owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's proven facts, scientific studies, professional dietitians, the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk. And we all know who has the best tasting chocolate, Highland Dairy. And they're a proud sponsor of A Coach's Perspective. So we're, we're talking with Coach Scott Nasby from Drury University, and we're in our Effective Leadership Series. Um, we're, we're looking at Kimberly Fry's article on eight essential qualities that define great leadership. So we've talked about sincere enthusiasm, integrity, um, great communication skills. Next up, I think, is a very important one, and that's loyalty. Um, I think you have to have a little bit of a, it's a servant leadership, you know, where you're loyal um, to your team, you're, you're, you show that loyal, you fight for your team. Um, you know, how, how would you coach and, and demonstrate loyalty and encourage that among your team? Uh, yeah, I, I think loyalty, uh, especially from teammate to teammate is really important for us. Um, you know, if, if guys are out for themselves or, or, or guys are doing things off the field that the other guys don't agree with, you know, it's a team sport, not, not an individual sport. So, uh, you know, uh, one thing that you do in the community as a representative of the other 49 guys on the team. So we want to make sure that that we operate as 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 the same team w w with a shared vision, uh, and we all kind of attack that the same way. Um, and then as a as a coach and, and as a coaching staff, you know, just just being loyal to our guys with the time we put in, uh, being loyal. Um, for myself, I've been here for for 18 years now I'm loyal to the program and this is this is where I want to be and 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 win a win a world series title so uh you know I think loyalty can can be shown by the by the time and effort that that you put in um but then also making sure you're staying consistent with your messaging I like that I like the dependability message that you're sitting there I mean your teammates need to count on you that's a sign of loyalty yeah. Yeah. And I think you can, you can, you can build that loyalty on what do you do during your free time? You know, like today we practiced this morning from eight 30 in the morning and pitchers are finishing up their, their lift right now. And, and so what are you going to do with the next seven, eight hours? Are you going to hang out with your teammates? Are you going to, going to disappear with your girlfriend for the next seven hours? Are you going to study? Are you going to help your teammates who are struggling in classes? Are you going to go hit batting practice at 8 PM? You know, uh, and, and, and you got to show, um, show that that you're bought in to help your teammates get better as well yeah good point good point all right so moving into the next quality uh decisiveness making decisions probably a big factor for leadership you know what what's your process for determining like let's talk about playing time you know coaches love talking about yeah. playing time right <laughs> let's just let's talk about how do you determine who plays and and what your depth chart looks like yeah you know uh we give our guys a couple different times to, to have the conversations. And obviously, again, the door is always open, but, um, you know, we'll start in the start of September uh, and we'll allow our guys, you know, six, eight weeks of, of, of outdoor stuff where we just compete, you know, and, and uh, not having conversations of, Hey, what you do today is going to allow you to play in March. It's here's what we're going to do. It's directed to you of we're going to lift four days a week. We're going to practice five days a week. You get these days off. You need to go through that process. And at the end of it, we'll sit down and talk and let you know where you're at. And if you don't agree, that's fine. We can we, we can have that conversation. Um, and then we also give our guys a chance to vote. So at the end of the fall, we have them, uh, you know, pick a lineup, pick a lineup, pick a rotation. Uh, who do you who do you want to pitch to? You know, if you're a pitcher, who who do you believe the best defensive catcher is? Who do you uh, who do you want to give the ball to when you leave the mound? Who do you want the 
uh, to come up for a pinch hit in a tie game and and give them these opportunities to to vote. It's just a Google Sheet document, uh, but it's almost always the same as what the coaches have. You know, baseball is a game where it's 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 pretty clear cut. You know, you you see the guys who compete and the guys who have success. Um, and when you give the guys a voice, you know, they, they you kind of see that everyone um, is is thinking the same thing. So and then we make sure we share that that information with the guys, too, so they can see, you know, uh, there's 10 other guys who think I'm the best hitter on the team and they can build some confidence or, you know, uh, the relievers can see, you know, there's only two guys on the team who trust me right now with the ball in my hand. So I know I got to put more time in and build more trust with my teammates. So uh, it's not just the four coaches, five coaches who are making those decisions. It's it's the whole team, you know, it's 55 of us uh, trying to, trying to accomplish a goal. Yeah. I like that. It gives them a, a voice. It gives them a little bit more buy-in. Um, and, yeah. it, and it's, a, it's a great tool for you all to use as a coaching staff. Um, so what about game time decisions? Like our, I know a lot of those are instincts and experience um, for coaches. Um, but what do you lean on anything else in, in game decisions, you know, talking about strategic components in competition? I, yeah, I think that's mainly the, the staff will have conversations before games and before weekends and understanding, you know, the staff put enough time into the scouting report and um, Coach Jacobs and I talked about, you know, in this situation, we're going to go to this guy. And and so it takes some of those, you know, quick decisions off our off our plate. We've already decided if we're up three runs in the sixth inning, who's going to pitch and the, the staff already knows that or we know who the first pinch runner is going to be, who the first pinch hitter is. Um, and so a lot of those things, you know, we've, we've discussed before the game. So, um, you know, I'm at third base during the game and coach Briggs handles our hitters in the dugout and coach Jacobs is in the dugout with our pitching staff with coach Evans and uh, coach hammers at first base. So I'm lucky to have a great staff that helps you make those decisions. I like that. Um, and that's a perfect segue into the next quality and that's managerial competence um, because you do have to be able to manage a team, including the team that is your, that's your staff um, and yeah. being able to do that. Plus you've got to obviously know your stuff. I mean, as, as a leader, you can't fake that knowledge and skills, education, experience, all of that. You've got to be able to, um, you know, develop um, that and have training and preparation. So how do you how do you encourage your students, um, your athletes to be students of the game? How do you encourage them to to study it and know that um, that their professional development is important and you've got to be able to learn the game um, in your mind as well as out on the field? Yeah, you know, we we actually had a classroom session uh, the other day because we obviously can't be outside right now. So uh, Coach Briggs did a great job and and, and put together a, 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 a full team presentation for about 45 minutes pretty much on on tendencies, on pitchers, on base running, on, on on all those types of aspects to sit down with the entire team to have a conversation of here's what we're looking for. Here's how you can help us. Even if you're a pitcher, you can look for this for our hitters. Our hitters can look at our pitchers and see if anyone's tipping their pitches. Here's some video of different pickoffs. And 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 this is what we're looking for as hitters on you pitchers. And, you know, uh, so they can they can definitely help each other. So um they spend more time with each other than they do with the staff. So we need to make sure we have guys on the team, you know, who can, who can see those things and can throw batting practice and a, a shortstop who can teach the freshman shortstop that, you know, Hey, I'm leaving here after this year. Let's make sure that, that you know, what's going on this year, even though you may not play a ton. So the program's in good hands when I come back for the alumni game next year. So um, plus a lot of our guys want to coach, you know, we have some education guys and uh, some guys who want to coach in the future. So we want to give those guys opportunities to be leaders and, uh, and, and, and be involved in some of those decisions. 
I, I love that. I love that being able to get that experience. Um, you know, you were talking a little bit earlier about some of the conversations you'd have um, after they gave their voice on the depth charts and where they should be. Um, what about uh, roles on your team? If 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 there's a, a young coach that needs a little guidance on selling roles, you know, you have someone that you know where they should be and what position they should be in. Um, and sometimes you got to make decisions for the greater good of the team. But how do you sell a role to someone or a player that would prefer another one? Yeah, I think we, we, we talk about accepting the role that you're in, but never settling. So accept, but don't settle. And, um, you know, come game time, if you're the pinch runner, like you got to accept that, like you're not going to change something in the middle of the game that's going to move you somewhere else. So, you know, if you're coming off the bench, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a football basketball game, that's that's where you're at. There's 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 no way to change it right now, but um, you don't have to settle. So that means you can spend more time in the weight room and you can eat better. You can sleep better. You can, you can practice harder. You can stay, stay later. You can show up earlier. All those things um, play a factor into, into playing time and, and to your development um, that there's so many hours in the day that you get to decide what to do with, where we only get you for maybe two to four hours a day. And so the rest of those hours are um, uh, at their disposal and, and they decide what they want to do and, and that allows them to get better. So but it's also, I think, uh, communicating that 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 roles can change, and so that's talking about guys in the past who maybe came in as a walk-on guy that perform well enough to earn a scholarship or earn earn a, earn a starting job, and 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 letting those guys know that uh, this isn't just me trying to tell you, uh, you know, it it's a pipe dream that it actually has happened, you know. Brent Schapitzel came in and walked on from Hillcrest and ended up being one of our best players in our program's history and ended up being on on scholarship and starting every day for four years. So, um, yeah. despite his uh, dad, coach, yeah. <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite uh, baseball coaches, Ryan Schapitzel. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And, uh, and, and, and so it's, Hey, your role may be a pinch runner today, but that could win us a game. Your role might be the, you know, the, the left-handed guy out of the pen, but that means you got to face Quincy's best left-handed left-handed hitter today. So um, your goal may be to steal signs from the dugout that could help us win us a game. So um, there's lots of different roles and, and during the game, you, you definitely have to uh, accept them, even though you don't have to settle in the long run. Right. I, I like that. And I like that sometimes that's a difficult conversation um, and, and, but you're giving them, you know, uh, hope it's not just uh this is what it is. So get out of my yep. office. You're saying here, if you, this is your role right now, this is what we need you to do. We need you to accept it, but you don't have to settle. I love that philosophy. I think that's, yeah, we need to make sure that, that, that they understand there is a path to whatever they want um whether that's playing time whether that's scholarship whether that's whatever it may be more um a, a completely different i want to be a starter instead of a reliever like there there is a path there and so we want to make sure we give them the steps and the things that we feel like as a staff they have to do to to change uh to change roles makes a lot of sense definitely well said well said all right well we're going to take our final break and when we come back we'll continue talking about effective leadership i want to thank kylan dairy for sponsoring this segment along with greg and melinda burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio we'll be right back here on a coach's perspective Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. Um, I'm Jenny Hopkins, and I have Coach Scott Nasby here from Drury University, and we're doing an effective leadership series. I want to thank Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. They know cars, trucks, SUVs, and they know service, and they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. We were just talking about loyalty earlier. I've been one of them for 25 years. Give Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey a call, and they will take care of you. 417 326 
7671. We also want to thank West Logging. Go to westlogging.com or find Danny West on Facebook. He'll give you a free consultation and he's going to treat your land like his own. And thank you to Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. So we've talked about uh, sincere enthusiasm, integrity, great communication skills, loyalty, decisiveness, managerial competence are all qualities that we've talked about so far, Coach. Um, and Kimberly Fry's article, Eight Essential Qualities That Define Great Leadership, uh, the next one she has is empowerment. And I think you kind of um, really kind of have addressed this a little bit with some of the techniques that you already do to develop autonomy with your players. And as a coach, I would assume that um, that you're a con control freak and <laughs> in a good way, in a good way. Right. Um, so to empower players, how do you release a little bit of that control so that they're confident enough to make those decisions or to make those choices for themselves and the good of the team? Yeah. I think the, the, the more you can empower people to make the, their own decisions or, or do things the way and uh, which they want to, even though it accomplishes the team goal allows us to do more things. So, you know, if we can trust that, uh, the, uh, the outfielders can can run their own drills without a coach that allows a coach to be involved in something else. If um, I'm out trying to fundraise for Metter Park, then I need to empower my assistant coaches to run practice without me that day. And um, Or if we're going to have a, a weight room session that's player run, we got to empower our guys to understand what's going on in there so we can go out be on, and be on the recruiting trail. So uh, there's lots of things that that if you empower people to to do things that they normally don't do, you can be more effective and you can be more efficient. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, I, I also feel like empowerment is is a little bit of a, a perseverance characteristic in, in, in the fact that if we let our players sometimes make mistakes, uh, but empower them to figure out how to get over those mistakes or help maybe guide or support them a little bit, but empower them enough that they can really develop a little perseverance. So how, how do you help players that are potentially they're in a slump, whether it's a batting slump, whether, you know, whatever it is, how do you help them? Yeah, I, I think there's two ways and baseball maybe is different than some other sports in, in doing this, but, you know, you can kind of give them the end result of, Hey, I want you to hit the ball this direction. I don't care how you do it. You can, you can take a step back, you can open up, you can start early, whatever it may be, but I want you to accomplish this goal. I want you to hit the ball this direction, or I want you to throw this pitch. Um, but there's no timeline of how how long you have to do it or how hard it has to be or wh whatever it may be. So, so you can take some restrictions out of that um, and and try to let them figure out, you know, how does my body move? How do I, how do, I do this? How do I change my swing to do this? So, um, you know, giving them the, the opportunity to do that or uh, could even be in the weight room. Hey, the goal is to get stronger. The goal is to sprint faster. Here are some options you have. These are the three things we can choose from and having a little bit of flexibility so they can be more involved in the decision of, um, you know, how they, how they get to the end goal. Cause how they get there doesn't matter. It's, we want to make sure we can win a national title or you can be a starter or you can throw the ball X miles or miles an hour. Let's figure out together how to get there. Love that. I think that's a, that's a great way to say it. Um, I, I, that perseverance is so important in those coping skills that, that you'd mentioned earlier as well. Um, the last quality she mentions on her list is charisma. Um, it's not just about being charming. I mean, you, you know, you have a marketing degree from Missouri State University. You know, you understand PR and charming the public. You're raising money for Metter Park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, uh, it's also, though, about a genuineness. Um, it's a caring attitude. Charisma, you, you can't fake it. You, you want that um, realness, that groundedness about you. Um, how, how do you define charisma and leadership? Yeah, I think, it, again, being genuine about it, you know, you, 
guys will see through you. Like we're, we're on the bus a lot. We, we travel all the time that if we, if, if we say something to your face, but then act differently in the community or when they're not around, around other people, then that's not being genuine. You know, if, if, if I try to dial up, you know, my energy and, and, and try to be a cheerleader, you know, one day a week, well, what about the other six days, you know? Um, and, and, and you want to make sure guys trust, trust you for who you actually are. So you want to make sure that you you're building an environment where guys can be who, who they are and, and, and they kind of see that the staff is that as well. So they know that, yeah, I, I know I can go up to coach Nasby and say anything at any time, or I know that if I have this conversation, I need to, I need to do this with coach Jacobs and not coach Nasby, whatever it may be. And so the players understand that they have those avenues to go to, um, but you, but but you have to be passionate about what you want to do, and and it doesn't mean you have to be you know happy go lucky and 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 kind of jumping around and always smiling and 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 that kind of stuff because that's not me at all. But I think our guys know that 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 I'm passionate about the program. I'm passionate about them, um, and and that's doing small things to make sure they know they care about you. We have my wife and I have uh, the kids over to eat in the fall and try to build a family atmosphere, and we do things in the community. We have a blood drive. Uh, we do a ton of things beyond baseball um, to, to build those relationships. And so when you're actually on the field, you know, it's not always a transactional relationship on the field where you hit, I pitch at the end of the day, we say, see ya. It's no, I'm going to send you a text or I'm going to wish you a happy birthday, or we're going to show up at your wedding. And um, you know, uh, you're going to come out to the golf tournament and you're going to help, you know, uh, alums do things. And so we want to make sure that it's just not uh, all baseball because it, it ends at some point. We want to make sure our guys are, are ready for, uh, for, for the real world. I love that. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, if I'm a parent listening to that, uh, that you're recruiting my child. I mean, that's coach I would want my kid to play for. Uh, someone that's going to care about them as a person, uh, but still challenge them to be the best baseball player they can they can be. Um, and I love that. Um, well, I think she did a pretty good job compiling this list. I think she missed yeah. a one big one. And the one big one I think she missed was competitiveness. I think effective leaders need to be have that stubbornness or that, um, you know, Dr. Burnett's model last week talked about uh, competitiveness is a combination of concentration, discipline, and perseverance. Um, and I, you know, and I think that's something that is really important. Um, you don't really have a lot of this problem in your, in your program. Um, but there are some young coaches that might be listening. If, if you have a player that is a little bit apathetic, um, it is not being very competitive. Um, how can you help instill a little bit of that competitiveness through your, through your leadership? Yeah, it's uh, Coach Stroud used to have a saying that it's harder to start a fire than put one out. Um, and and so it, it it's hard to, to make someone competitive. Um, you know, we try to do a lot of small competitions and that to like today we were shooting light flight wiffle balls at pitchers and their goal was to not allow a goal like they're a hockey goalie and um, uh, or we'll compete in the weight room or we'll compete in the classroom. Uh, we compete in our in, in our fundraising. We compete uh, not just baseball wise. So if you compete in the same things over and over and over again and someone just keeps losing, they're going to lose the passion to compete. Um, and so you need to make sure that you're you're finding the uh, the thing that everyone could 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 strive in, you know. Um, and, and so we, we do a carry challenge at the end of the year or the end of the year, uh, the end of the fall. And it's a it's a weight room thing. It's a tug of war. It's sprints. But we try to make sure we swim, um, but we try to do some fun things in there as well. So we, we want our guys to have a chance to win at something. And if you never give them a competition where they can actually win at it's 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 miserable. I mean, everyone wants to win at some point. 
Right. Yeah. And that, that developing that competitive attitude um, and, and those kind of contests not only help with um, encouraging teammates to win or encouraging that, but also gives a little bit of grace in your own failures. Like I, I want to be on that side. It gives that a little bit extra inspiration, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I also think she missed out on on talking a little bit about team chemistry and teamship, if you will, like, you know, that collaborative process. Um, You know, there are teams that go through times in the season where um, it's, you know, I call them those mental moments uh, where team chemistry may be falling down just a little bit or or they might be second guessing each other. How can you work on and fix uh, a team chemistry issue? Yeah, I, I think you you need to just build relationships with with your players, with your staff. Um, but more importantly, the players need to build relationships with each other, um, and and that's making sure that for us, we're lucky we're able to recruit the guys that we want. I know at some levels you're you're given these guys and you can't go recruit, um, and we can kind of pick and choose who's on the team. But you know we want to make sure we have guys doing the right things for the right reasons. You know, back to those three rules that Coach Stratton started our program with of being a good person first, you know, um, if you're not a good person and you're not in it for the right reasons, then I'm sure there's somewhere you can go, but that, that, that doesn't need to be at jury. So, um, we want to make sure all of our guys are, are, are pulling the same direction. Um, and there's lots of ways we can do that with, um, you know, whether it's practice time, whether it's, it's showing up for them, whether it's, um, you know, doing little competitions or having team dinners in the fall or, or swimming late at night, you know, those type of things, uh, bring the guys, closer together um, 10 years down the road, they still talk about those things. They don't talk about the wins and losses on the field. They talk about the relationships they had with their teammates. Like, well, while we've been on the phone, I got a text from a former player who j- obviously just got engaged because he asked me my address. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it'll be exciting to see Caden Hessel and, and uh, you know, five other guys that he met here while he was playing and built relationships with here that he didn't know before jury. Um, who are all going to be his best men in his wedding. So those are the type of things that that we're trying to build here. And and, and as a leader, obviously, I want to win a national title. Um, my staff wants to win a national title. Our players do as well. Um, but they want to make sure they're enjoying their time here and, and building relationships and getting a great education as well. Well said. Well said. Well, do you, do you feel like she's missed anything? I kind of gave uh, my two. Do you feel like this is a pretty decent leadership model? Yeah, it is. I I, I I, I think definitely having having a shared vision uh, is important um, and to have a shared vision that you have to have, uh, you know, and, and and she touched on those, but to, to empower the team, um, but really to empower the team to have a shared shared vision is one of the most important things of how we all going to get there together because we can't get there separately. Um, and I think that's one of the most important things about about having a successful team. I love that. That's perfect. Well said. Well said. All right. Well, Coach Nasby, I really appreciate your time and spending this hour with us and, um, you know, and best of luck. I I know you've got a lot of goals for this team this year, and I want to wish you the best of luck in this season. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And if anyone can make it out, we're going to be at Metter Park this year. So we we raised a lot of money for it and it's all turf. And if we can get some decent weather here in the next couple of days, it'll be done. And March 2nd is kind of the big day that we're gearing up for at Metter. So um, hopefully we can see some people out back in town. Congratulations. You've been working on that project for a long time and put a lot of effort into it. I know the jury community and uh, besides the program, the community is really going to enjoy that. So congratulations. Thank you very much. It'll be fun to see baseball back in town.
That's right. That's right. All right, Coach Nasby, thanks so much. Uh, we'll move into our post-game talk and our post-game talk sponsored by Story Construction. Go to story, S-T-O-R-E-E dot com for more information. Um, next week, we're going to have some business leaders evaluating some effective leadership models as well. And they are former coaches. Uh, last week, we discussed this and we're going to say it again. Um, you know, at one time or another, you are going to take a leadership role in sports or careers or in families. There's always a desire to be effective, but the real effective leader knows that it takes hard work. It takes being determined to fight for the greater good of the team, of the organization, or the family. It takes someone willing to do the hard stuff, take the unwanted heat for others, and to own responsibility of actions. It's, it's not easy. And that's uh, why the word effective is before it. So there will be learning curves and how one embraces those curves and what they do about them is going to be the difference between leaders and effective leaders. And that's how champions do it. I'm going to remind you, I do each and every week, be a good human, live your life like a champion, live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.